Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Coivecast. I'm your host, Ross Williams, as always. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, just me today, flying solo, um, like old times, I guess, although it wasn't too long ago. This was a regular occurrence. Just me in your ears for this occasion, whether you be on your commute or maybe you're on your way to Wigan, uh, maybe you're on a walk, however it is. You listen to this podcast. You've just got me to keep you company for a little bit today. Um, as I say, a bit of a bit of an old fashioned. I want to say old fashioned. We're only about 14, 15 episodes in. Um, but yeah, a nice little QA episode. Thanks to the lovely people at Twitter for you today with yours truly. Um, no Adam this week, although he will be back next week. He's currently working down in London, so unable to make the record, but uh, he sends his regards and I think he's got a couple of answers to some of the Twitter questions that came in as well. Um, no Mark Grattan either. We'll give him a bit of a reprieve. Um, I think he gave us plenty to dwell on. Uh, a few weeks ago, we're still getting listens on that particular episode, the Coif Class exclusive a few weeks ago. So if any of your friends, family or cast fans who have not listened to that episode, um, share it on. Let them know that that was a thing. If you've got any questions on the stadium or keep asking the same thing about IMG or anything like that, um, do send them in that direction because it was a very interesting episode as those who listened to it, I'm sure, can attest. Um, it's now newsworthy as well. It actually made the League Express this week, which might not mean as much as it used to do, but still, uh, it did make the League Express. His comments certainly on the ground. Um, yeah, what a week. What a week. Um, this is going to be a Q&A episode, so I am pretty much going to dive into the questions in a sec, there are plenty of them, probably the most questions we've had, to be honest, for one of these um, episodes, which, you know, thank you very much for everyone that did. And I think it just shows the growth we're seeing at the Coivecast, which is honestly quite mind-blowing to me uh, at this point, but I do really appreciate it. Um, but we have to start a little bit, and I'm not going to go into it too deeply, because I'm sure most of you were there on Friday night. Those that weren't, I'm sure I've seen the highlights or I've seen the full game since. So I'm not going to give you a full review because it's been a fair few days removed from it now. But what a win. What a night. Um, we've not had too many of those nights this year. There's not had too many nights, not too many games where we've come out of it feeling that sense of, I guess, relief really was the overwhelming uh, feeling. But there was probably the most joyful I think we've been uh, coming out of a win as well. Um Probably the same level as Wakefield, I would say. Uh, Wakefield away was pretty special, but I think this was this probably felt on par. To be honest, it it was massive. It, it was always going to be one of those opportunities in this kind of running where we could finally kind of create some breathing space between ourselves and Wakefield. And you know, we talked about it on the podcast last week. We kind of laid out you know where Hull were beatable, uh, where we could get at them. Clearly, halfback was a big issue for them, and it was an issue all night. Uh, they really lacked creativity, but we did question. Their pack as well, outside of uh, Chris Satine, if we could get on top of Satine, if the pack could really live up to it, we had a great shot. And um, they did that. They did that. Everyone stepped up in that team. I think they were superb. Uh, to a man, uh, they had all the effort and motivation we could have possibly asked from them. And there were some big, big forms from players kind of getting their chance as well. Moise Mustafa, for example, who we called out on the pod and we will pat ourselves on the back a little bit for that. We did say he should play last week. Uh, he did, and he was excellent um, in, in the starting lineup. And you know, I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to call out the whole team to be honest. There, there were some great performances throughout there, and um, felt like all times, didn't it? Felt like all times, even even if just for eighty minutes. You know, it's been it's been fleeting this year those kind of moments, but it felt a little bit more like all times on Friday. And hopefully, hopefully that is just about enough. But as we sit here right now, um, I assume most of you listen to this on the Friday morning, and perhaps even Friday afternoon. Not done just yet. We're not done just yet. We're very close and we're as close as we've been, but not quite done. Uh, maybe if you listen to this on Saturday, hopefully it is done. But we'll cross that bridge as we get to it. Let's get into your questions. That is going to be the core of this episode. I've got a whole host of questions from the Twitter machine in front of me. Thank you very much once again for sending these in. So without further ado, I'm going to crack on because there's an awful lot to get through. The first one... It's from Jeff at Gustafa. Thank you very much, Jeff. I've seen your comments recently. Uh, a fair few have come through. One of the kind of loyal listeners, I guess, loyal kind of engagers on social media. Uh, there's a fair few of you, and I do really appreciate it. Uh, Jeff asks, do you think Blake Austin will sign for us next season? Now, I'll kick off with what Adam said, 
because Adam can't be with us today, but did message me with a few of his kind of answers to some of the questions he's seen, but tweeted in. Uh, three words, won't sign him. <laughs> Sorry to crush any dreams on that one. Um, Adam doesn't believe we're going to sign Blake Austin. I don't believe we're going to sign Blake Austin, if I'm being honest. I, I don't think, certainly in the current situation we're in, I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago as well. It'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. And he, I mean, obviously he was excellent on Friday. He offers that kind of experience and just execution that we've just lacked all year long and probably lacked since since Gailey was at his pomp, if, if we're being honest. Um, his kicking game is, especially is exceptional. Uh, his run game came to the fore a little bit on Friday as well, and hopefully more of the same in the next two games. Uh, he's a very good player. He's been a very good player all year, whether it be in a cash shirt or a lead shirt. Um, in terms of being here next year, as I say, in the current situation with the players we have under contract for next year, currently as things stand, so clearly you've got Jacob Miller, you've got Danny Richardson coming back, you've got Gareth Wood up in that position as well. That's quite a lot of money tied up in that position group. Um, you know, We're a salary cap sport. We won't be a million miles away uh, from the cap uh, as well, certainly with some of the additions we seem to have been making for next year, which I think is going to be questioned uh, later on in the pod. Plus is the quota issue as well. I think up to now with the kind of names that have been rumoured and obviously as we sit here right now, we don't know anyone who is definitely here next year in terms of new additions. If you disregard also Liam Horn and Tassie Parler who are going to be here next year. But in terms of kind of the rumoured names that have gone round and, you know, we're a very, very small town and kind of whispers whispers do do the rounds. Uh, if you can kind of put two and two together and kind of list all the names that are apparently coming in plus the names going out, we probably need another quota spot to fit Blake Austin in. And I'm not sure where that would come from. Um, I guess the only opportunity there in order to get Austin in would, and this, again, this will probably get questioned later on in the podcast, um, if friend of the podcast, uh, Albert Vette, was not here next year for whatever reason, um, then I guess that would be a quota spot um, opened up. I, all the talk has been that he's here next year. Danny Wilson was pretty clear in his, in, in his statement a few months ago that the plan was just to kind of send him to Doncaster, get, keep him match fit. Um, you know, and he will be back next year. You know, he's done a fair bit of money, signed a two-year deal under a new coach, whoever it might be. Uh, again, another question for later on. Um, could he have a second stab at it? And if we can get an Albert Vete at his best, it's a big if, but he will be an addition. So as things stand, he's not moving on. So, yeah, I think for, for money-wise, because he'd be the highest owner at the club, like Austin, I think by far, I think it's kind of difficult to see how he fits under the cap. And with that quote with spot situation, I think it's pretty difficult. There'd have to be quite a few moving parts between now and, well, pretty soon, to be honest. Obviously, we've only got two weeks left of the season. He's not going to leave it too long before um, signing a deal for next year. One thing Blake Austin has said is he does want to stay in the UK. Um, I'm not saying you turn down a gig in the NRL by any means, but they are quite settled in the UK. His family has been here quite a few years now. And obviously he was in the press conference last week. Um, it does seem he is pretty settled and wants to stay. So it's like the likelihood is he is in Super League next year, which does mean it's a possibility. But there's too many moving parts for me to be confident of it. Um, do I think we should make a play for it if we possibly can? Yes. But it's not as easy as just signing him up. It's an awful lot of money. And like I say, there would have to be some quota movement unless one of the signings we know about or think we know about isn't happening or someone else is leaving. And I think the only logical one really in terms of an overseas player probably would be Albert Vete on the basis that you know, that's not controversial. He's been set on loan all year. So, but he's still got another year on his deal and it'd be kind of up to him to a certain extent. So I don't think, I don't think we pay him off. Um, so no, uh, is my honest answer on that one. I, I don't think we'll sign Blake Austin. For, uh, I don't think he'll sign for his next season. Um, but I, I would like to be. I'd like to be surprised by it. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I certainly would like to be surprised. Um, that brings on to our next question. Um, I've not vetted these too well to be honest, so I don't really know what's coming. Uh, I've had a quick little glance over them, so some of these might catch my surprise. So you are really going to get my proper uh, instant reaction to some of these. Uh, Mason Hurst, another one who um, 
tweets quite a lot and is quite engaged. Thank you, Mason. Uh, what do you reckon? Ha- what do you reckon happens with Miller next year if we sign Austin uh, and Richardson back to full fitness? Now, obviously, one question kind of answers the other one there. I don't think we'll sign Austin, so I have to answer that the same way. Uh, Richardson back to full fitness, obviously, is massive, and it remains to be seen what level Dan, Dan Richardson is going to be at. Uh, he's not played as much rugby as he would have liked, obviously, over the last. Uh, certainly over the last year, but even over the last two or three years, he's had a few knocks here and there. Um, he's had a bit of a he's had a really up and down time at Cass, hasn't he, Danny Richardson? Really, he's had he had a really poor period. Um, I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah, he had a period where he was really up against it and making mistakes. And he, I think he's very much a confidence player, Danny Richardson. From what I remember of him, he's when he's down, he's down, um, which is not unusual. That happens in sports, certainly in rugby league, but. Just before his injury, he was kind of coming into his four, uh, kind of coming to the four, should I say, and he was really kind of coming into his stride. And I think, as I say, he's a confidence player. So when the confidence is up, I think he can be a very, very good player and he's still the right kind of age profile as well. So I'm very excited to see uh, a fully fit Danny Richardson, a very motivated Danny Richardson with, you know, everything to prove now. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing behind him, really. It's just, you know, it, it's whatever Danny Richardson we get next year is the Danny Richardson that many are going to remember for years to come. I think he's got an opportunity to just kind of lay down a platform and just be whatever player he wants to be. And we know he's got talent. So I am excited to see Danny Richardson. I would like to see him in the number seven shirt next season. Uh, I think, I think he's earned the right for that uh, before the injury. Uh, In terms of Miller, um, as I say, I don't think we sign Austin next season. So I'm struggling to see a scenario in which Jacob Miller's not at the club next year. Um, unless he orchestrates his own move out, which is a possibility. But again, I can't see it. He did sign a three-year deal. That's an awful lot of money to to potentially cast aside. Um, where and, and obviously he, he's not had the greatest season in terms of form. So I can't imagine there's the suit was kind of lined up with kind of suitcases and money to take him away either. So I, I do think he'll be at the club next season. Um, I do think he'll probably be a starting halfback next season alongside Danny Richardson. I think that's probably the way it'll go. I think, you know, although he's a he's a seven, um, you know, halfbacks are halfbacks. I think I think to a certain degree, and I, I don't think there's a serious issue with Austin and Richardson playing the same team. Um, Richardson can obviously take on the kicking duties, uh, which has been a real downfall. I think of 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 Miller's game this season. I think I think that's fair to say. Richardson can take a lot more of that responsibility. Um, he's got a bit of a run game as well, so. As we said, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try and remain glass half full with, with Jacob Miller. He's had a very poor year. We all know that. Um, his best games have been with a dominant half next to him. Uh, hopefully that'll be the same on Friday at Wigan uh, with Blake Austin there. Who knows? Maybe Richardson, Austin, uh, sorry, Richardson uh, and Miller with a full preseason behind them can kind of formulate something. And um, I'm sure we can get to the fullback question later on as well. Obviously, whatever combination they have at fullback is obviously going to be key there, whether it be Gareth Widdepoor or someone else. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he probably starts next year. Uh, really? I, I think realistically, in a salary cap sport, with the money we've got, I think Jacob Miller probably has one more bite at the cherry and starts next year for us. And it, it, it's a matter of that. And, you know, if we can get the forwards right and if we can get a roll on and Danny Richardson's back to somewhere near his best and we've got a whole new host of young backs... I don't think it's going to set us back that as much as most people seem to assume, to be honest. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world at all. But of course, I would like a little bit of depth there um, should things continue to go the same direction. Uh, Mason Hurst also mentioned in that scenario, uh, Widdup supposedly retiring at the end of the year. Um, I have no information whatsoever on that. I don't know. Um, is it a possibility Gareth Widdup retires at the end of the year? I mean, he's what, he's 34. Um, he's had an awfully long career. He's obviously just gone over 300 games. That game clearly meant an awful lot to him. Um, you know, he's had a very long career in the game. There was quite a few Instagram posts and things like that. Obviously, he had his kids' names and uh, on his shirt and his kicking tee and all that kind of stuff. It was nice to see. Um, it, it meant a lot to him, that game, for whatever reason, whether it was just a 300-game milestone, the fact that I think his kids are back in Oz and... Uh, there's some kind of situation there. Maybe it was just that. Maybe it was something else. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the end of the road for, for Gareth Widdup. And if that is the case, then that throws up whole new kind of possibilities because obviously Gareth Widdup's on a fair chunk of cash. Um, you know, he's where he's in the sixth jersey. Obviously, he's been playing fullback 
for most of the season. So that's that's quite a big uh, hole to fill. You know, regardless of what you think about Widdop's performance this year, he's probably not. Again, we've we've certainly not seen Gareth Widdop at his best at this stage of his career, but he has still been vital to a certain degree in kind of filling that hole and kind of offering that kind of experience. Um, if Widdop is finished, kind of all bets are off then, and and that's the moment where. I, to be honest, I think that is the one scenario in which maybe we do look at shifting someone off the court and look at Austin. Uh, that's the that's the one way I can kind of see it. If we can get Widdop off the cap, and well, I'm, I'm saying that like I want him off the cap. I don't necessarily want him off the cap, I don't think. Um, but if, I mean, I, there's a couple of like, rumours are kind of doing the rounds. I, I don't know if there's anything to it. It is, very, it is pretty vague at the minute, and there's certainly nothing from the club. All we've really got is the fact he's not in the squad this Friday at Wigan, of course. I and mean, I think Danny Ward mentioned he, he got a knock, but he was pretty vague about that as well. So, you know, maybe there is something to it. Who knows? Um, what I would say, if we're speaking theoretical, is that's maybe the one scenario. That's the one scenario where we make Austin a, a realistic offer, like a, a legitimate offer, which actually might um, compete with those that'll be elsewhere in Super League if would have is off the books. If is if the money that Widdop's on is off the books, maybe then we can afford it, and maybe then we'd actually be willing to take the hit on taking someone else off the quota in order to bring in Blake Austin, give him the six shirt, and then you can play Austin. Uh, you can essentially then play Austin and Richardson at six and seven. Miller can be your backup, and then obviously you deal with the uh, the fullback position some other way. Maybe that's the way it goes. But yeah, uh, until we hear anything on that, uh, and at the moment he's under contract for next year, so I'm, there's no point going too deeply into hypotheticals there I don't think um, thank you for the question though uh, next up is MDT Tiger Towns 88 thank you very much long one so I'll go with it I know we're looking at reducing the average age of the squad but hear me out here is there any logic in offering a one year deal to Jermaine McGilvery would be a good quartet of wingers then with Eden Wallace Gary Gary and McGilvery JM would could also be a great shooter for Gary Gary and Wallace. Um, he goes on when McGilvery has been called upon. He's still a regular try scorer and makes good yardage. He wouldn't be first choice, but a great squad player. Uh, thank you for the question. This obviously comes off the back of Jermaine McGilvery. Uh, it being announced that he is moving on um, from Huddersfield Giants at the end of the year. Obviously, an illustrious career at Huddersfield, been a wonderful Super League player, scored an awful lot of Super League tries. Uh, been a great England player as well uh, over the years. Um, he always seems to score against Cass. He's <laughs> got so many tries against Cass over the years, Jermaine McGilvery. Um, and by all accounts, quite a decent bloke as well. The thing is, you know, you kind of make the point at the end that he wouldn't be first choice, but a great squad player. At this stage of his career, is Jermaine McGilvery willing to just kind of sit on a bench at a different club that's not, you know, taking him away from being, I don't think he's a fully one club man because I think he's had loan spells elsewhere. Um, uh, I think he, yeah, I think he has played for someone else, but even so, is he willing to just kind of be a, a third order force ring at a different club at this stage in Super League and still be in that full-time environment for, I, I don't know. Uh, I kind of struggle to see that, to be honest. I, I think it's more likely he either finishes or perhaps even goes part-time. He, he could go part-time and score, you know, 30 tries in championship next year and be more than happy. There's plenty of clubs around the Huddersfield area. You use the Dewsbury's that probably, uh, Dewsbury have gone up, for example. You know, you've got Batley around there. You know, he, he could probably move somewhere pretty local, play part-time and, and, and have a great time of it, you know, scoring lots of tries in the championship. Um, My, my gut is he, he'd be on too much money, really. And and justifiably so as well. As I say, one of the great Super League players, I wouldn't suspect um, he, he'd, he'd take the kind of money we, we'd be looking at paying kind of our third or fourth string winger next season seems too low for what Jermaine McGilvery would would command, even at this stage of his career for me. Um, so I, I, I take the point. I, I think it's not, it's not a bad point at all in terms of being a tutor for... Gary, Gary and Wallace, and obviously he, he could uh, impart a lot of wisdom to those guys. But I, I think money-wise, with the cap and the kind of just generally the direction we're kind of going on, uh, going in, as you kind of mentioned, your first line is, I know we're looking at reducing the average age of the squad. Um, obviously, I'm very intrigued to sit down with Danny Wilson in the next few weeks. Hopefully, me and the club can, can get that sorted. Obviously, they were kind of waiting to see uh, for sure what division we're going to be in next season. You know, it, It's very possible in 
kind of 26, 27 hours from now, we will know that. Hopefully, touch wood, we will know that. Um, so I'm hoping to get that Danny Wilson interview done sooner rather than later. And it'd be very, very interesting to hear his thoughts on, on this kind of move, to be honest. Um, you know, whether the whether the club are even interested in this kind of move anymore and kind of bringing in these kind of vets, which haven't really worked, have they, over the last few years, if being honest. Maybe not the level of McGilvery, but even, you know, your, your Ferrimos of the world and that kind of signing have been kind of later on in the career and have, have not really worked. Uh, I suppose Westy is the other example, but I think West is a little bit of a special case with his connection with the club. Um, I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see it with McGilvery, to be honest. Um, I understand the point. I just don't think it makes sense with the money issue and just the general direction of the, of the club. And I think they just back themselves as coaches um, to be able to kind of impart that wisdom onto the wingers themselves. You know, Craig Lingard scored an awful lot of tries <laughs> if he's still at the club. Um, uh, you know, they've got enough... Um, they've got enough expertise around the place, I think, um, to make good players. Jason Gary, Gary and Elliot Wallace, regardless um, of having kind of a you know mid thirties Super League winger uh, in there as well. Uh, and W Legend nineteen seventy eight, um, also called Ross. There's quite a few Rosses apparently in Castleford. I didn't know that. Um, quite a few Rosses around. Welcome Ross. Um, he does mention as well. We have signed Sam Wood though and Connor Wynn, who can both play there now. Obviously. Neither of those confirmed. Um, Sam Wood was heavily, heavily, heavily hinted at the start of the year. Obviously, he's had quite a bad injury at Hull KR, so it remains to be seen how he's coming off the back of that and whether that was actually a done deal. Uh, if it wasn't a done deal before that injury, maybe that's changed things a little bit, but we were under the assumption that Sam Wood probably is coming next year as a kind of winger-slash-centre. Uh, winger uh, and Connor wins another player. He wasn't linked quite as heavily, but was linked with the club. Uh, a few months ago so yeah that, that's a fair point there's kind of two players who can play in the three quarters who are one taking that cap, cap space uh, and just, just general space in the squad Um, to be honest and you probably wouldn't want someone on a one year deal who's kind of a year away from retiring kind of taking up the opportunities of, of players like that who could be placed for the future so yeah I, I think I'm out on McGilvery although I do understand uh, I do understand the point uh, thank you for the question though. On to Graham Smith. Graham Smith of the Castle Tigers Supports Club. Thank you very much, Graham. Um, with the departure of Massey and no decisions yet on the likes of Watts, Lawler, uh, Vete and Billy the Greek, Bersicaricus, would you like to see another big man in the middle to come in for 2024? If so, who? I know we potentially have Putt and Nemo. Um, good question. Yeah, the forwards is... A really interesting one for next season because I think it's you know we've lacked everywhere this year if we're being brutally honest but I think in the forwards particularly up the middle um, that's where we've really lacked at times and I think Friday showed us what we can do uh, I think when we do have a bit of go forward it's, it's, it's absolutely massive specifically with, with sorry especially with the way uh, the game's going now as well kind of six agains and you know the importance of kind of getting that rock rolling um, we've had problems all over the field certainly with the spine as well, but the forwards has, has been a real, real issue. Uh, we'll pick this apart then. So with the departure of Massey, and yeah, a word on Nathan Massey, by the way, obviously he's announced his, uh, he's leaving the club this week. Um, a huge loss, really. It, it's a huge loss. It, it, as he said himself, it maybe is the right time. Uh, I think when we did the squad, myself and Adam, uh, back in week two, we had Massey staying, but I get it. Uh, I get it. You know, he's, he's at that time. He certainly owes the club nothing. You know, he's just played his 300th game for Cass. It's a hell of a way to go out. Um, great bloke as well. Must be said. We went to his uh, testimonial All-Star game um, last night. I hope anyone who went down there enjoyed it. Probably is the right time. Uh, if you know, it's probably in his in his personal life, his professional life as well. I know he's got his business as well. So there's probably an element of wanting to focus on that a little bit more, which is completely understandable. That's just the sport we're in. Um, this isn't a sport where you retire properly uh, when you when you finish up. That's for sure. You've got to go straight into straight into the world of work, and uh, I'm sure he will. So probably makes sense for Nathan Master to move on at this point. But he is going to be quite difficult to replace, not least on the field, but I think certainly as a presence in the in the changing room more than anything. Um, so we do know Massey is going. Uh, as far as the other ones, we've got Watts, Lawler, Vete, uh, and Billy Sikrika. So just a quick word on all four. Uh, I think George Lawler will stay. I'll, I'll be surprised if George Lawler doesn't get a decent deal. Uh, I think he, he's not let many people down. I don't, I don't think. Obviously, he's had to fill in at hooker quite a bit, which is probably not what we want long-term. And you know, we've got a fair bit of depth now 
uh, if we can keep the guys we've got at the club. Um, so you won't have to do too too much of that. I think um, as a 13 or a middle, I think Lola's still got plenty in him uh, and he's still um, of the age where he can give another deal. So I, I do hope George Lola does stick around. I think he's a good player. Uh, Albert Vette, as we mentioned, I think he'll be here next year. We don't know for sure. I think the only the, the way that Albert Vette would move out would be if there's kind of other moving parts and we needed that quota spot open for a, a bigger opportunity, I guess. But who knows? I mean, if it is Danny Warder, whoever is the head coach next season, um, looking at Albert Vette with a new, a new set of eyes and you know a, a preseason or a completely different coach, maybe we get a different Albert Vette. Who knows? Uh, he came with potential. He came with... Um, yeah, came potential, <laughs> I suppose. Certainly didn't fulfil that this season. Um, maybe we'll get a different bloke next year. Who knows? But I, I think he, I think he probably will be around unless something quite drastic happens. Uh, Billy the Greek, I don't think will be here next year. I think that's fair to say. Obviously, didn't make this, didn't make the team on Friday. Didn't make the squad this week. Um, a little bit out of favour, and obviously he was only here on a short term deal as well in terms of proving it. So I, I don't think. You know, seems a good bloke and obviously he's been a, a good good addition to the camp, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be someone who's sticking around uh, next season. Uh, and Liam Watts, I don't know, honestly, on Wattsy. Um, be good to keep him around. Of course it would. You know, he's all the experience in the world. Cast lad, loves it. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know uh, whether he'll be here next year or not. And I think that will just kind of remain to be seen. There's rumours have been flying around all season long. There's been clubs mentioned of him. Obviously, that, that's going to happen because he was out of contract. I, I, I would assume we've offered him a deal. I'll be very surprised if we've not offered him uh, a decent deal. I think it's very much more on what's he himself and what he wants to do. Again, might be someone uh, who wants to make, take more of a bit, a bit of a step back um, at this time of his this time of his life. You know, he's got a big family and potentially he wants to take a bit of a step back from that environment. Who knows? Um, but obviously that would be quite a big um be quite a big shoes to fill. Um certainly. Um Nixon Putt, as Graham mentioned, is one of those that's well, both the Papua New Guineans we, we reckon are pretty much certain, certainly if we're secured a super league status. So Nixon Putt, who's more of a bat rower, I believe. Uh his it is heading this way. Obviously, with Kenny Edwards going the other way, that seems a bit of a like for like replacement. Uh, whereas Sylvester Nemo is a young Papua New Guinean, about 23-24, is coming off an ACL, I believe, but uh, a big unit, big dynamic pot, dynamic forwards. Uh, I imagine he's, if it is a Watsy, for example, who is moving on, that's kind of your direct replacement there, I guess. I, I think there's no reason why you wouldn't chuck him straight in. Um, so Graham's initial question was obviously, would you like to see another big man in the middle to come in for 2024? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think depending on who's going for sure, we do need a little bit more depth there. Um, for definite, obviously, Sue Matangi's uh, almost certainly gone. Already spoke about Ma uh, Massey. Yeah, I think we need another one. Obviously, we've got Brad Martin and Sam all coming through, uh, which is massive. Mui's Mustafa, if he's not got a deal for next year, based on based on Friday, I, I, I can't speak, frankly. Um, there is the lads who I believe we've signed. And again, we're all just kind of, we think, because someone said it. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to attempt his name. I'll be honest. I, I'll learn his name properly when we actually announce him. Um, but the prop forward from from Lebanon, from the Lebanon national team, uh, is supposedly on his way as well. Uh, so that kind of fills one hole uh, in terms of the prop department. Would you like another one as well? Yeah. Uh, I again. I, I think he doesn't harm, does it? It still doesn't harm to have, no, have another big man in there. Um, I am hoping, and this is a. Um, a chat I had with with a listener the other day, uh, kind of hopefully the forgotten man in this, hopefully, uh, someone who came with a lot of promise last year or the year before, and unfortunately had a, had a quite significant injury, so we've not seen him all year, uh, is Kieran Hudson, uh, the young lads, uh, I think he was formerly a Sunderland goalkeeper, which probably gives you an idea of the size of him, uh, certainly height-wise. Um, came with a lot of promise, came with a lot of promise, played some really good minutes for... Uh, I believe it was Whitehaven last season. Uh, it's half the reason why we had the, the, the friendly there, I think, uh, in the preseason. He's potentially one for the future and a really, really good, sizable prop who they were very, very excited about. So hopefully Kieran Hudson, who can come back and really hit the ground running in preseason, he might be. He, he might almost come in as like, uh, he might feel like a signing. I know it's a cliche, but potentially that might feel like a signing him coming back in. Um, so that's kind of one tick there. And then, yeah, potentially you might want to look at one more. 
I don't know where they're going to come from. As I said, quota situation, you're realistically not bringing another Aussie in. Um, so you probably have to look a little bit close, close to home. Uh, there's not been too many whispers in terms of forwards um, being signed, certainly from the UK. Uh, I guess Jordan Crowther has been mentioned, obviously. Uh, he's been at Warrington uh, on a short-term deal from Wakefield. He's almost certain to be here, I think, next season, unless Warrington offer him an awful lot of money uh, to stay. But he has been very impressive. Um, though he is, he's more of a 13, really. He's not really a middle. Um, so, yeah, one more would be nice. One more would be nice. And maybe, you know, I did hear whispers of a couple of moves into the championship um, for next season as well, obviously with kind of the Lingard factor and there's a couple of names that have been have been floated around. Maybe that's where we go for depth and we bring in a forward from the championship as well, just to kind of bolster that squad. And um, in terms of names, I don't know. In terms of who's the top props in the championship, I, I can't honestly say I've got a, a strong opinion on that. Um, but we do have players, we do have coaches, should I say, in the club who do have a very good knowledge of the championship. So perhaps that's where we go. Um, so yeah, I certainly would like uh, another couple in, plus the youngsters. Um, we need a little bit more bolstering in the pack, that's for sure. Thank you very, very much. Graham, um, James Gregory essentially asked the same question, um, really, in terms of how do we see the starting forward lineup looking um, next season. So I, I think it, it it's a difficult question, question to answer, isn't it? For what I've said, you, you don't know the like if the likes of Liam Watts are going to be there um, in terms of players that you're kind of guaranteed to be in. If whoever the head coach is really fancies Charbel Tassipala at bat row, and who can blame him? You'd imagine he's going to be a starter, um, unless he's in the centre, of course. Uh, and Nixon Putt, you'd imagine, will be straight in there. Assuming he comes back from the injury, Sylvester Nemo, you'd imagine, will be a starting prop. Um, your other starting prop, well, it's Liam Watts if he's here. Otherwise, Griffin or Lawler, uh, I suppose, would be your other prop. Obviously, Westy's going to be a 13. Uh, if he's around, I'd be very surprised if Joe Eston's not here. Um, in a cast Super League jersey should we be in Super League um, obviously Alex Mellon's going to be dotted around the back row spot as well and obviously your nine um, should all be well with the injury and um, um, yeah Paul McShane you'd imagine would be you'll be a nine next year um, yeah difficult one difficult one but there does seem to be quite options I, I quite like that um, decision making of the fall pack being relative or potentially being quite difficult next year. We need as much depth as I think as we can get. And uh, it'd be nice to see some new names in there because obviously the pack has been uh, not heavily rotated uh, over the last few years, I think it's fair to say. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that question, James. Uh, Macaulay up next. Macaulay 2009. I think he's asked the question every single time we've done one of these Q&A. So thank you very much, Macaulay. I do appreciate it. Uh, your lineup for tomorrow's game. Okay, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into Wigan. Um, it says tomorrow's game. I mean, as I'm recording this, it's currently 8.24, so I think it's very unlikely you're listening to this uh, with it being tomorrow. I'm pretty sure this will be Friday and the the, the day of the game uh, if you listen to this. And if you listen to it afterwards, um, I hope we've won. Um, so let's get into this Wigan side. The thing about winning the whole game is it kind of takes makes a lot of decisions for you, I think. Uh, a lot of the players did very, very well. Um, but at the same time, you've, you do have some decisions, mainly because Gareth Widdop is not in the side. I think if Gareth Widdop had not um, pulled out of this squad for whatever reason, he'd be a fullback. Um, I th- realistically, I think Miller was always going to go in a halfback and, that, and that's just the way it is. And obviously, he didn't pull out there. But Widdop has pulled out of this squad, so we've got a, a bit of a decision to make, mainly at fullback. Uh, I think so I, I can't see six and seven changing. I, I think six and seven will be Blake Austin and Jacob Miller. I'd be, I'd be amazed, to be honest, uh, with Miller coming straight back to the squad if that's not the six and seven. Um, completely amazed. Uh, I don't think the centres change either. I think Jordan Turner played well. I think Jack Robin played very, very well coming back off the injury. I think they're your centres as well. The issue comes in your back three, doesn't it? Really, and it's a really tough one. And again, it, it's a good, it's a good problem to have uh, in, in this scenario. Certainly on the wings, because I thought Elliot Wallace and Jason Gary Gary were superb. I thought they were brilliant on Friday. Obviously, if you're having Austin and Miller at six and seven, you've got a Greg Eden sized issue. So it's hard to see. Well, it's not hard to see where you go in, but you're not sure where he does fit in because it's very difficult to drop. 
Jason Garrigari and Elliot Wallace, and I don't think either deserves to be dropped. Um, I certainly don't think you can drop Jason Garrigari off the two-try performance. I don't think that's doable. Um, plus, having listened to him in his press conference today, it's hard to say for sure. Uh, it's like we don't know if the team's been named, but he did seem pretty confident he'd get a run out at Wigan. Um, so I think the wingers might remain the same, I think. I think the wingers remain the same. I, I could be wrong enough to say we were wrong last week, although we made some good calls on Moose Mustafa and a couple of the players. It's very difficult to name this side at the minute, particularly in the game, which, let's be honest, we're not expected to win uh, at Wigan tomorrow. I think if we're going to get another win this season, certainly Leeds will be your best opportunity. So you can have a bit of a swing here, I think, going to Wigan away, probably the form team in the comp, uh, if we're being fair. I, I'd like him to stick with Wallace and Garagari, to be honest. I, I, like I say, I don't think either of them did anything wrong or did enough um, to be dropped. I think you can maybe argue Elliot Wallace overplayed a little bit in the first half, made a couple of errors, but I think Morgan made up for it later on. Uh, made a great try saver, I think, at one point as well. Um, I wouldn't be dropping any of them, particularly as they're, let's be honest, they're in line for the two and five shirt next year if they if they can really take it with both hands. So I'd keep them where they are, uh, and that throws up the fullback situation where... Hmm... Do you put Eden in there? <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong at six, did he? He didn't do a great deal wrong at all, I don't think. Just kind of filling into the halfback position. And obviously, he's still a bit of an S for X factor on, on the field whenever he plays. And against a team like Wigan, who are on it at the moment, Harry Smith's got an impeccable kicking game uh, with the ball of the foot. And you know, they're just a good side. They're just a very, very, very good side. And they're going to they're gonna try and threaten you everywhere. So throwing a kid in there is, is really, really tough on the kid. And I, I can't say I've had the pleasure of watching too many Fletcher Rooney games so far, but he is obviously named in the side this this week, number 47, the squad number, which I'm reliably informed by Cash Rugby Shirts on Twitter, thank you very much, um, that that might be the, the highest squad number in Super League history, Fletcher Rooney. Uh, so that's a pub quiz question for years to come. Um do you chuck him in to that situation? <sighs> Having only played kind of academy and a few reserve games, it's tough. That That's a really tough gig to go to the DW Stadium and do that. I mean, you know, we, once upon a time, we, we talked about it last week, we did throw Jake Truman into his first start in a cash shirt um, at Wigan. It's called a hat-trick in the first half. You know, it can happen, but I think that was a very, very different situation. That was a side very much on the up uh, in 2017, that's for sure. Um, I think it was 17 anyway I'm pretty sure it was that year maybe 16 but even so uh, it was very much a, a much better cast side I think uh, certainly in terms of form than, than this one right now and not playing as a Wigan side that are absolutely gunning for that legal leader shield so I think it's very very harsh on Rooney to kind of throw him in there but who knows I mean obviously he's been in the camp this week it's been obviously brilliant for him to have this experience with the with the first team Maybe he wants it. Maybe he's absolutely gagging for the opportunity to, to take it on. And, and if that's the case, then you know, Godspeed, <laughs> give him a give him a go. Give him a go by all means. Um I, I think it's more likely you put Eden there and maybe have Rooney on uh, on the bench. Uh maybe give him a go in the second half, regardless of kind of how the scoreline's going. It's not gonna matter too much, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I mean I hope it does. So I hope we hope we're beating him by 20, but um yeah, or, or, or maybe I'm just overthinking. Maybe we're all overthinking it because we've seen so much of his face this week. And actually, this was just a situation of Fletcher Rooney gets a week with the first team. He's clearly one for the future. He's clearly one they like. I think he made the Yorkshire team recently at a youth level. Um, he's clearly one that's well favoured by the youth, youth department. Maybe it was just giving him a week uh, and giving him a match day as well, putting him in the match day squad so he can actually travel with the team and get to, get to experience that. Maybe be 18th man, all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's just more for his development more than anything. He's actually not gonna, not gonna take to the field on Friday. Who knows? Who knows? But you, you always consider it. You always consider it. Um, so I, I'll put Eden there. I'll, I'll put Eden there, and, and, and for the sake of argument, I won't name Rooney in the team. Uh, I think I'm not gonna name him in the team. But I also could understand why he was, as well. And it'd be great to see. It would be great to see. It's certainly something the fans have cried out about. Uh, playing the kids, that's for sure. And certainly the kids didn't let us down on Friday. And in terms of the forward pack, I think it's pretty simple. I think it's pretty simple, the forward pack, really. I think Liam Watts was great. I think he starts. I wouldn't change any of the real starters, to be honest. I think Watts was great. Louise Mustafa was superb. Why not give him another go 
at prop. Um, you've got Alex Meller in there. You've got Kenny Edwards. Um, no, you don't have Kenny Edwards, do you? You don't have Kenny Edwards because he dropped out of the squad. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm glad I've caught myself there. That's good. Right, slight change then. If Joe Westerman is fit, and it's not a guarantee, uh, I said in the press conference today, because he did pop something in his hand and pop it back in. Typical Joe Westerman style, by the sounds of things. If Joe Westerman is fit, wants to play, ready to play, then you play Westerman at 13, uh, and maybe you throw George Lawler in at second row. That's maybe what you do. Um, if not, if Westerman's not fit and they don't want to try him, then maybe Lawler goes 13, or, or Massey, to be honest. It'd be Lawler or Massey, either 12 and 13. I think it's probably the way they'd do it, uh, and, and that'd be fine by me. Uh, hopefully, Westy is fit, but if not, yeah, I certainly won't, I certainly won't risk it in this game. I'd rather see a fully fit Joe Westman against Leeds away uh, than at Wigan, I think, in, in this in this situation. Uh, and that brings us to Hooker, which obviously Liam Hall coming off his two-match ban. He's been great, hasn't he? Uh, he's been great when he's in there, so it's very difficult to not put him in at nine. I think I will. Uh, I think I will put him in at nine. I'll, a word for Jordan Johnston. Um, wasn't sure on him. Well, probably a little bit um, critical uh, in the last few weeks. I thought he found his level kind of thing. I thought it was great on Friday. I thought it was brilliant. Put an absolute stint in for 60 minutes. I thought it was excellent. Um, you know, might be his, more than likely his final game in a cash shirt uh, at the jungle, but I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely great, and he has to be really commended for that. Um, I think this is, particularly if... <laughs> Particularly if the future cat future coach of the Castle Tigers is currently on the coaching staff, and I say that carefully, I, I think Liam Horn starts because I don't really see why you'd put Jordan Johnston in there if you've got any kind of view to the future. And with someone like Fletcher Rooney in the twenty-one man squad, then clearly someone on the coaching staff has got a view to the future. Else, why would you do that? Um, so I think it makes sense to throw Liam Horn straight back in there, and I think it might just be a little bit harsh on Jordan Johnston, but that's that's one of those things, and it's. One of the first times this season, certainly, we can actually take a form player out of the side. Um, I think so. Again, it's one of those good decisions to have to make. So I'll, I'll start Liam Horn at nine. As for the bench, not too many changes. I think Griffin goes in there. Massey goes in there. Uh, Kane Rob, Kane Rob would, would go in there again for the same reason. I think with a view to the future, Jordan Johnson would be very unlucky there um, to not make um, to not make the seventeen. And if he was, I'm, I'm not going to be too upset with it. But with a view to the future, particularly in this game and you know, appreciating this kind of environment, the DW is the top side. It's something you need for the future. And um, I think injecting Karen Robb into this game makes sense to me uh, if he's going to be a player um, for Casper's kind of future years. So I'd have Rob on the bench. Uh, and the final one, unless I'm forgetting someone, and I probably am because I already forgot that Kenny Woods was not in the squad. Um, Sam Hall. I think I think Sam Hall coming off the HIA. Uh, I'd put him on the bench as well. I thought he was great in the in the couple of games before we got the head knock. So yeah, uh, I, I put Sam Hall in there on the bench. Uh, I think he's been pretty good and deserves that. Okay, thank you for the question. And um, that's pretty much what the seventeen for Friday night will be, in my opinion. Uh, back to Jeff at Gustafa on Twitter. What's the chance of Wardy staying as head coach? followed by what's the chance of a shout-out on the Kivecast? Well, quite high, apparently. There you are. Um, I think it's a high chance that Wally stays. Uh, I'm, he was very coy about it today. He was very, very coy about it in the press conference. I listened to it on the way home from work, and he didn't give anything away, really. Kind of insinuated that no communication's been had at all. Um, they've not discussed it. Nothing's happened. All focuses on Wigan. All focuses on staying up, and they're not going to talk about anything uh, until they stay up because that is the main objective. Um, but did allude to wanting to coach in Super League. Says he's loving it. Says he's really enjoyed it. There is the caveat that um, his family would have to move uh, up from down south because they were very settled. Obviously, he's been coaching rugby union for a few years, and obviously he was at London Broncos before that, so they're, they're quite well settled down south. And I know one of the journalists, I think it was James O'Brien, uh, made that point in his piece, and I think in the question uh, today during the press conference. But I don't know how big an issue that is because he is also saying, regardless, he wants to coach in Super League next season. And 
unless London Broncos come up, <laughs> which is not out their own possibility, actually. They've actually hit a bit of form and who knows? I think to be honest, but I think I think the biggest risk to Danny Ward not getting the cash job probably would be London Broncos coming up, if, if I'm being brutally honest, because he's clearly got a big affinity with that club. But if it wasn't London Broncos and they're not in Super League next year, then he's gonna have to relocate his family for any gig, isn't he? So I, I don't think that's as that's too big an issue, to be honest, as much as it was it was reported. So I think we'd be foolish to not offer him a deal, wouldn't we? I, I think that goes without saying. I think the fans want it. I think it's very clear. Um, Danny Ward's in the market for a gig. I, he likes it at the club. Obviously, he had the experience with the club. He, he seems to kind of fit with the ideals of the club as well, uh, which we, which is massive. He's all smiles as well, which is a, a heck of a thing, uh, which you can't say for everyone. Um, yeah, as I say, if, if not sorted tomorrow, the week after, if we do remain in the division and um, the miracle of Wakefield or whatever it might be doesn't happen, and obviously touch what it doesn't, it would be foolish to offer him a deal and I think he'd take it. Uh, I think he'd take it. As we've discussed on previous episodes, I think the real interesting thing would be who else stays and could we keep all four? Would we retain all four coaches in terms of Craig Lingard and, and Dane Dorohy? I thought his, intro, his uh, interview on the Tiger Talk podcast, the Cast podcast, was really, really interesting this week. Um, you know, he was talking about his winter reserves games, uh, academy games. He was at the line. He was at the Lioness, was at the, uh, the Tigresses, the Cast Tigers women the other day. He's fully embedded himself in the in, in the club uh, as Dane Dorothy, and you know he's the same as Ward to an extent. He's only come over over here for six months, uh, six weeks. Sorry, obviously he's come here, come over here without his family. That's not the behaviour of someone who's just come to kind of make a name for himself and then move on, is it? I mean, he's really kind of embedded himself in the squad. I saw him at the uh, the Massey All Stars game last night. He seems like someone who wants to stick around. It seems like someone who wants to seriously stick around. I, I do believe the next head coach of Castle Tigers is either Danny Ward or Dane Dorothy. I would say that. Um, I think the two scenarios are it's Danny Ward and Dane Dorothy as assistant, or it's Dane Dorothy and Danny Ward's moved on. I, I think they are the two realistic possibilities uh, at this point. I, I, I think it'll be Ward and Dorothy. I, I think that's realistically what's going to happen uh, if Dane does want to stick around. And again, listen to Tiger Talk and they're not giving much away because they can't, but reading between the lines, I, I think I think he wants to stay. Uh, I think he's enjoyed it. Uh, I think he wants to stay. And unless he gets a major offer from elsewhere, and obviously there's no other vacancies in the UK uh, just this minute. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll get a Ward and Dorothy double that next year. I, I do. Um, and hopefully, you know, you can announce that as, as soon as Saturday, potentially. And I, I can't see why we wouldn't because as much as they're saying nothing's been said, surely groundwork has been done uh, in, in order to kind of make that move happen as quick as it can because clearly Danny Wall's done a good job and he, he's made it clear he wants to be back in the game so I think that's when you want to wrap up wrap up pretty quickly I think thank you for the question Jeff and uh, no worries on the shout out uh, James Gascoigne Gascoigne 16 well James if I answered that I don't think we'd have episodes for the next three months <laughs> to be honest um, you've done well to fit all that in a tweet to be honest um, fair play um, I will answer that one very kind of vaguely, and I appreciate it, James. I really do. And we will get to all of those points uh, at various at various uh, times. And I've kind of obviously already answered the water question just then. But yeah, I'll have to answer this one quite vaguely. And move on, and and we'll get to it all. Uh, general opinions on next year. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ask me on Saturday morning. I'm, I'm sure I'll have a slightly even rosier outlook, but. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I don't think next year should it be a Super League club. It, it's it's not going to be. We're not going to be competing. You know, I I don't see us as a top four team next season. Um, I think a top six side is relatively unrealistic. Um, you know, if we could have a run at the playoffs, if we could even even if we fall short and we come kind of kind of seventh eighth, but you know we win a fair few games, if we're knocking the door of kind of twenty plus, if we're at least getting kind of twenty plus points. And we're picking up over ten wins, and we're kind of showing, you know, that kind of upward trajectory, and we're not going on kind of you know six, seven, eight game losing runs, and you know we are picking up results here and there, and we're scoring points, and we're kind of doing it in the right manner, uh, more of the manner we've been seeing in the last few weeks, with the kind of young squad we are apparently are are bringing together. I, I'll be pretty happy because I think, as we said, well, as I said in the very first episode, this won't be a quick fix. You know, we're, we're at the end of a, a an overdue cycle. Uh, really, um, so it really is 
you know, we're kind of ripping it up and starting again, really, next season. And you, you don't come good overnight, that's for sure. You you, you don't become uh, a St. Ellen's with four titles or a Wigan this year or even Catalans, really, with their consistency over the last few years. You you don't do that just all of a sudden. It doesn't happen. Certainly not when you're starting from the ground up in terms of the youth as well, which it does appear we're doing. As we mentioned, the age profile is going to get a lot, lot uh, younger. Um, it appears, obviously, we've got the likes of Fletcher, uh, Fletcher Rooney making the squad this week. Um, the academy is just starting to kind of maybe bear fruit a little bit. I still think we're probably a couple of years away from really kind of seeing that uh, due to the setbacks we had. But yeah, it, it, it's 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 not even really hard. it's that kind of transition word, isn't it? That's kind of getting floated around with kind of leads and maybe even Huddersfield now and a few, a few of the clubs want it. In, I suppose um, it's not even really a transition; it's just a starting point. Uh, I think it's almost like a complete just start from scratch next year. Really, obviously, there's still a few players that are going to hang around, and that's that's useful for the culture. Certainly, players like Westy and McShane, but we're going to look a hell of a lot younger and a hell of a lot fresher next season if the names and kind of rumors we've heard are true. And, and um, yeah, I thought one of the really interesting comments from Grattan on the exclusive interview we had with him was, "We're going to have a lot of 36-30s games next season." Uh, that was a quote from him. He says, "You know, we're going to win some, we're going to lose some, but it's going to be exciting." And you know, we're, we're getting that kind of young, hungry team that. Um, that wants to entertain and wants to make a name for themselves. And that's exciting to me. That is exciting to me. And we're going to see a little bit of heartbreak. And like I say, we're not going to, we're probably not going to be consistent enough to be mixing at the top of the table. But, you know, could we get on the brink of the playoffs? Could we, could we be a lot better than this year? Yes. Could we be a lot better, a lot more exciting than this year? Yes. Could we, you know, get more bums and seats, get more fans on the terrace because of the style of rugby we're playing? Yeah. Uh, I think we can, and I think more than anything, and this is what, what I really want to get out of Danny Wilson when I when I get to that interview is next year will we be able to see a real vision of where we're heading? I think that's crucial. Um, and as long as we come out of twenty twenty four, and we've got one Super League status secured for twenty twenty five or whatever it's going to be called, the top flight. If we can come out of twenty twenty four, regardless of league position, if we can come out of twenty twenty four and we're guaranteed in the top flight the next season. And we can all see as a fan base, as a club, where we're heading. And we can see there's a trajectory there of getting that way. I'll be pretty happy, to be honest. Um, I'll be pretty happy on that one. So, um, yeah, that's my relatively vague answer. <laughs> a very general answer to that uh, very, very large question, James. But trust me, thank you very much for that. We will get to all those questions, certainly on... Uh, we will do a proper special on the new signings, for example, when they get they start getting announced, and we're looking to do a flashback as well to that episode two where we put together our kind of potential twenty twenty four side. It will be interesting to see how the actual twenty twenty four side stacks up against that, and uh, where we went wrong, where we went right potentially. There might be a couple we got right, um, so that'll be that'll cover a lot of that. I think. Thank you very much, James. Uh, Fat boy Rob, I enjoy his tweets a lot. Thank you, Rob. Uh, change of heart on Eden um, with a love heart. I don't think it's aimed at me, really. <laughs> I think this is aimed at Adam <laughs> more than anything. He won't mind saying that. Uh, he's probably used his harshest critic. Um, yeah, my heart's not really changed on it. Um, he is what he is. He's, he's probably the most prolific finisher in Cast Tigers. Well, in terms of a little bit of longevity as well, I mean, obviously you throw Dennis Almona in there, I guess, over a short term, but in terms of a little bit of longevity as well, he's one of the most prolific wingers we've ever had. Uh, certainly in my era. Uh, I know there's some great wingers before and I've sent journalists players like that, but yeah, he, he's, the, he's the best finisher I've seen, um, uh, I think, and to have done it over quite a long period as well. He's been... He is what he is, isn't he? He's a, he's a maverick. He's a... Yeah, sometimes you want to, you know... <laughs> sometimes you want to boot him into the main stand with some, some of the things he does, but other times it's genius and he'll score a hat-trick. You know, I mean, the most Greg Eden play ever, really was the fact that we got it back to one on Friday, uh, 20 yards out, and you're looking to secure the game. You know, we're, we're leading, we're comfortable. Um, and he puts a kick through on zero tackle and we score from it. And yeah, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's an absolute coach killer, I think. Uh, Danny Ward alluded, alluded as much. But um, with him, more often than not, he does actually come off. Um, yeah, my heart's certainly not changed. You'll have to ask Adam that one, but we'll ask him next week. That's for sure. Um Nathan Godfrey, thank you, Nathan. Uh, had a little chat with you this week. It was good to do that. Uh, is Ryan Hudson the greatest cast player ever? Um, I think this alludes to the All-Stars game um, last night down the lane. Like I say, I hope a few of you got down there and enjoyed it. 
Um, I mean, if we're basing it on that, I think you could argue Danny Bruff might be the greatest rugby player that's ever lived. Because <laughs> he looked superb last night. Um, there's a few, obviously, a few old faces down there. Uh, Ryan Hudson, uh, Wayne Godwin. Who, I mean, if you put a game on your back garden, I'm pretty sure Wayne Godwin would turn up. Absolutely loves it, doesn't he? Um, full of enthusiasm. It's hard not to love that bloke. Uh, Wayne Price had a diving finish in the corner. Um, it, was, it was a good night. It was a good night I had by all. And there's a fair few legends on the other side as well, like Gareth Ellis, Adrian Morley. Um, but yeah, Danny Bruff for me. <laughs> Danny Bruff absolutely ran the show. I think I put on Twitter last night, he could do a job in the championship. Absolutely. Still looking good, Nick. Um, I mean, you can argue he wasn't going up against a great deal in defence. Um, I think that's fair. But um, he, he was excellent and an incredibly skillful player. Former Man of Steel, you know, he, he was excellent. And uh, yeah, you still want to get under many of those uh, many of those bombs he puts in the sky, that's for sure. I thought Danny Brook was superb last night. Um, but yeah, credit to all the lads who, who turned out for, for Massey and the All-Stars game. And uh, it's for life for a kid. So yeah, hopefully they raised, hopefully they raised loads of money. And it was, it was a good night I had by all. And I'm sure it won't be the last time we see an All-Stars game. Down the lane. Two more questions, I think. Two more questions before I get out of here. So Terry Richardson first. If all the rumours about incomings are accurate, uh, and in brackets is Pot Pot, Nemo, Crowver, Ward, Sim, what position is a priority to complete the squad? Personally, I think we need a good quality number one who can fill in at centre if required. And Steve McNichol was actually the other question, uh, which I was going to answer, says who plays a fullback in 2024, assuming we stay in Super League. That's the one, isn't it? Uh, I think that really is the one. I think if you look at all the names we've apparently signed next year um, and the forwards, as we kind of already alluded to, maybe we need one more there uh, for a little bit of protection. But if you look at everywhere in the squad where, where we've strengthened, fullback probably is that one spot where we're just not fully sure who we should be. Um, we've banged the Jack Broadbent drum on the podcast and I still think he's certainly young enough and certainly talented enough uh, to make that position his own and I'd certainly like to see him have a go and I think with a, a full preseason under his belt I don't see a, a great deal of reason why Jack Broadbent couldn't, come a, couldn't become a very, very good Super League Super League fullback. Um, obviously, Gareth Woodup is still at the club. Gareth Woodup still got another year. Um, will he get the number one shirt next year? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. As I said, there are, are rumours uh, circling somewhat about him fighting hanging up the boots. I really don't know. Um, I have to suspect not. Um, but you know, obviously, pace is not at a premium. Uh, sorry, pace is at a premium. Should I say with Gareth Woodup at this stage of his career? It is one of those things. Do you want to do another year with Gareth Woodup as your first choice fullback going into next season? I'm, I'm not too fond on that. Uh, if I'm being honest, for all his positional. Gail and obviously the experience he brings, he's certainly not the most athletic fullback you've got now. And when you look at some of the teams you're playing up against and your, your Wellsbys and some of the fullbacks you come up against and some of the, the general athletes, it, it is tough when you've got someone who can't quite keep up at fullback. So maybe would it, would it certainly not a long-term option and might not be the option at all. So yeah, it's certainly for a Robert into that discussion. But then again, he's a very good centre, isn't he? So maybe you want him at centre really. It's tough. Uh, it, is, it is a tough one it is a tough one and in terms of finding that good quality number one it, it's where do you look uh, it's not as easy just kind of picking one out um, obviously we were linked with Kyle Iroh uh, heavily uh, before we kind of made the signings we did from Oz again you've got the quota situation so it's not as easy as just kind of ringing him up again and I know he's Chabel Tassipala's mate so you know there's a link there but you'd have to do a little bit of juggling again with the quota uh, in, terms, in terms of fitting him in. So that's not easy, although it would be an option, obviously. So you've, you've really got to think about a, a British option, really, um, which, again, I'm constantly kind of leading back to Jack Broadbent uh, as that option. Me and Adam did discuss this a little bit last week off air uh, in terms of other names. So the only other two I can really throw in, and it's just there's not a great deal to it. Uh, if I'm honest, we've certainly not heard anything um, this is really just kind of speculation, but Bailey Hodgson is without a club. He is being moved on uh, from his stint in Oz. Obviously, yeah, I believe he did make his cast debut, Bailey Hodgson, uh, under Pauli. Um, obviously, he was, dare I say, the best youngster I saw 
when I was covering the academy and the scholarship. I think he probably was. Uh, in a cash shirt, he was very, very good. Uh, very, very assured fullback. Um, albeit at that level. Obviously, the level is a big, big step up. Uh, certainly to what he's been playing in Australia and even to what he'd face in Super League. But he is a player with the potential to become a very, very good Super League fullback. I think, um, as I say, he was shoulders above uh, a number of players, certainly at the level I, I watched him at a few years ago. He is a little bit injury prone, though. He has had a few knocks. And the reason it's probably not worked for him in Australia is because of injuries. Uh, so if he is heading back home, it probably makes too much sense to not at least throw an offer his way and see if we can tie Bailey Hodgson back. Um, but again, that's not perfect. Uh, it, it ain't it ain't perfect because obviously he's a bit injury prone and it's, it's a lot to put on a young kid with not that much experience to be starting fullback. Um, the other option we did throw up and we're just kind of trying to make sense of things due to the Craig Lingard connection and someone who's a little bit out of favour and not quite have the impact he wanted to at the club he ended up at and I think I'm assuming uh, he's got more on his contract so it would have to be a little bit of a compensation thing and there would have to be some kind of fee unless they could come to an arrangement but maybe Luke Hawley, maybe that maybe that's an option as well, obviously they've signed um, they've signed Miller haven't they I think he's going to play fullback for Leeds next season or they might play half, I'm not sure um, but they've certainly got options there other than Luke Hooley so he, it's not necessarily his gig next season it's certainly not guaranteed Luke Hooley's number one for Leeds Rhinos next year and obviously after a full year at the club and obviously he spent a bit of time at back at Batley and stuff so he, he's not really hit it home with, uh, with Rowan Smith so maybe he might be surplus requirements and he might be tempted for a move elsewhere obviously he's got a connection with Craig Lingard played uh, played under him at Wembley this year Um so maybe if, I mean, it probably wouldn't even be as valuable as he was a year ago as well. Now he's had kind of had that kind of subpar year, I suppose, in Super League. His value probably reduced a little bit. So it wouldn't be the most expensive player, obviously a British player as well. Don't have to worry about the cap. Maybe Luke Hall is a, man, uh, a name we kind of have to, have to look out for in the next few weeks, weeks and months as a, as a fallback option as well. That, and that's, that's a possibility, I would say. I think it just, again, it's just one that makes a little bit of a sense. There's always got to be some kind of connection out there, and Lingard makes sense in the same way that Hodgson's just link with, with Cass makes sense. Um, but if we can't get either of those two, and there's no kind of cap manoeuvre uh, to bring someone like Iro back over from, from Australia, then you know if if the ultimate decision is Jack Robin, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with that. I think Jack Robin. I think anything you kind of throw his way, he's proven that this year. Uh, he can deal with it. He's played in a, a number of positions. And, you know, if you kind of sit down Jack Broadbent, whoever the new coach might be, hopefully, I do believe it with Danny Wall, then he sits him down in, you know, two or three weeks' time and he gets to the gig and goes, right, okay, you're going to come back for pre-season and if you can show you can do it, you get that number one shirt and, um, you know, a real chance to become a, a top, top Super League player at the back and become a superstar, I think. I think he'd take it both hands, to be honest. I think he's got the ability to do so. Um, so that would be my shout, I think, unless there's some kind of manoeuvre elsewhere. Um yeah, who knows? Who knows? I certainly don't know. I'm certainly not on inside. And maybe Danny Wilson will tell me, give me an exclusive in a few weeks' time. I won't hold my breath, but maybe, maybe. Who knows? Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to me ramble on for another hour or so. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Um, not the same without Adam here, obviously, but he'll be back uh, next week. We're hopefully, we're you know toasting the fact that we're still a Super League club for at least another year. Uh, hopefully we've beaten Wigan by 30. Who knows? I'm not ruling anything out. Wakefield beat them. Why not? Um, so yeah, I'll be back here next week. Obviously, plans in the pipeline, as I said. Hopefully going to get the Wilson interview over the line in the next few weeks. If you've not listened to the Grant interview, do head back and have listened to that because it is timeless and it is really, really interesting in terms of the IMG stuff. Obviously, a few more episodes left in terms of this season. Then we'll kind of go into a little bit of a review period. We will do some kind of review of the season and yeah, you can just lay in a dark room and listen to that one, I suppose, and just, you know, put some calming music on afterwards or something. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to get through that one, but we will do it at some point. Um, we're hoping to get uh, a real kind of stat episode going as well with Castiger Stats, um, who we've reached out to. So hopefully that'd be good. I'd really like to kind of dive into the kind of nitty gritty uh, of this season as well, um, as, as brutal as it might be at times. Uh, it won't be for everyone that episode, but hopefully some of you will enjoy it. We've got a few things in the pipeline. Uh, and then as we go into the off-season, 
hopefully, and I'm not going to make any promises. I'm not going to kind of throw any names out there in the same way I did with Grattan. I don't want to kind of jinx anything or kind of raise expectations too high or anything like that. But hopefully, certainly during the off season, um, we might not be every week, but when we do have an episode, hopefully it'll be good. We've got a few little kind of um, extra bits of content uh, we've got in the pipeline, but also hopefully some kind of familiar names some familiar voices as well will also join me and Adam on the pod. Um, yeah, we are looking into doing some kind of interviews, which would hopefully um, entice a lot of you and hopefully, hopefully do some good numbers. Cause I think there's, as we discussed myself and Adam the other day, we've got a list of, as long as our arm really <laughs> of, uh, of kind of ex players, coaches, that kind of thing um, who'd be excellent to get on the pod and um, could tell some pretty interesting stories. I'm sure. So um, if you've got anyone in mind, um, obviously there's no guarantee we can do it, but do let us know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Coivecast. That's where we're most active. Uh, if you follow us over there, just send us a DM or a reply or just a general tweet. If you get anyone you want to hit, uh, hear from in particular, uh, as we head into as we head, head into the off season and we can kind of sit down for long interviews and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, let us know. Let us know because um, ultimately... This lots. This is for you lot, basically, um, and we'll do what we can. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you are travelling to Wigan, you might be travelling to Wigan right now as you listen to this. Uh, safe travels. Hope you have a brilliant night at the DW. Wouldn't it be great if we could secure it with a win? That really would be something. But even if not, have a great night. Uh, hopefully, the lads put a performance in. And um, I can't make tomorrow night, but I will see you ahead of me the week after. Um, before that, we'll have another episode for you. Enjoy the game, enjoy the weekend, and coif. <laughs>